So welcome everybody to today's uh, TRN podcast. I'm delighted to welcome back um, Nina Lockwood, who I interviewed. I'm trying to think when it was. It must be a good two or three years. It must be even more than three years ago, I think. I'm not sure. But a good couple of years ago now, we, we last sort of caught up, um, probably just prior or in the midst of what was, what was going on during COVID and just everything else. Um, I've known Nina for a number of years. I consider her to be as much as a good friend as I do as a as a, as a, a client, I suppose, if I can, if I can say that. Uh, I've never considered you to be a client. Um, but Nina is uh, the founder of Intuitive Interim and Executive Search. And Nina will tell us a bit more about that as well. I just took a couple of notes and I took this from Nina's... Um, from LinkedIn profile, that was brilliant. So she's a dynamic entrepreneur uh, with the wicked sense of humor, a beaming smile and an enormous commercial acumen. There we go. So, <laughs> so we're gonna see the smile, we're gonna see the humor and hopefully find some commercial acumen in there as well at the same time. Good luck so, with that, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> so Nina, listen, w- w- welcome, first of all, lovely to have you back as always. Um, can, can you give us a bit of an overview of, of Intuitive, first of all? Yeah, of course. Well, thank you for um, for having me back, James. Um, it's a really great to receive the invitation to join you. Um, Intuitive, we we have, as, as you've said, you've, you've used our Sunday name, Intuitive Interim and Executive Search Limited. Um, we had a little bit after one of our many conversations, we kind of trimmed that down a bit last year because we're introducing different products into the business. Then we've trimmed the name down and we are now Intuitive Talent Solutions. So there are still quite a number of letters in there. We should we could still empty the Scrabble bag, but it's easier to say. And I think it does more what it says on the tin. Um, so Intuitive Talent Solutions, we're, we are a teeny tiny business based in the north of England. We all work remotely. Um, we always have done. It isn't a pandemic related phenomenon. Um, when I set the business up uh, nearly 10 years ago now, it was always uh, that was the business model. I would work from home. I didn't need an office. If I was going to see clients, I would see them in their own office or I would meet them um, in, in somewhere appropriate um, candidates. Exactly the same. You know, we can meet in a hotel, in a coffee lounge, in a, in a restaurant, whatever. So we've always been a remote based business. Um, There are now six of us for a um, for a while. And right from the outset, it was supposed to be just me. Um, I thought I was doing the full 360 and uh, it was a lifestyle business, I guess you would call it from that perspective. I needed to pay the mortgage and all the other associated bills that come with that. But as long as I can have a nice holiday and treat myself to a pair of shoes and a handbag every now and again, that would be fine. Um, it became apparent quite quickly um, that the business was was not going to be contained to, to just me. I needed some support. Um, Gainer joined me in year two. And then very quickly after that, Caroline joined me and then Kelly. And it was the four of us then for, for a good chunk of time. Um, the uplift that we saw in business during 2021 meant that we knew that we needed to add to the team and that wasn't again it wasn't part of the original plan but it was clear that this business was growing Um, I think in no small part the advice and the support and the help that we've had from you and from TRN the business is growing and we needed to to add to the team so last year uh, last summer Lisa joined us in July and Faye joined us in November. They are both talent partners. They work with Gainer to nurture our candidate network and to fulfill the assignments that the, the clients give us um, for their permanent and interim roles. And uh, so we're now a team of six. 
um, poised to kind of like take the next leap into growing a little bit more. Um, but my intuition at the moment is that we just need to sit tight for just a little bit and see how things pan out for the rest of this year. Um, we are all more or less at capacity, but there's there's kind of a little bit more room in there for us to manage what's coming in currently. Um, and I'm keeping a close eye on that. And does it um, does it does it feel very different now from what you expected the business to be like when you first said? I know you said like it's just going to be you, but you know, having six people, it's a different type of business. You have different things to think about. You got know, to you got to look after your staff as much as look after your clients. And does it all feel very different? Is it exciting? Is it scary? Or um, I would say it's both of those in equal measure, right, depending, right, okay. depending on what day of the week or, or week, you know, week of the month it is. Um, it's it's really exciting, James, because the, the team of people that I work with are just brilliant people. They they're all very different. So, yes, it's it is a female only business at the moment. And, you know, potentially in the short to medium term, we would like a very brave bloke to join us. But, um, you know, we, we are currently a an all-female team. But that said, we've all come from different backgrounds and we've got different ways of doing things and different approaches. Um, but the, the kind of the core thing is that we all share the same values. So for me, this kind of massive sense of pride that I get when I kind of, we have the Monday morning meeting, which we do via, via Teams, and they, you know, we talk through our spreadsheet with all of the live roles on it. Um, so that would be the board. If we had an office, it'd be up on the wall, but it's it's on a it's on a spreadsheet. And when I hear the team talking through the different roles, what they've done, how they're handling it. Client said this, candidate said that, I said this, we're doing that. It just fills me with pride. So I think this kind of having a business which was never meant to, to grow, it was just meant to be me. So then kind of having this situation where I sit there on a Monday morning and I think, blimey, they're all just doing it. They don't need me poking and prodding and interfering. They're, they're just flying. They're just flying on their own. So that I find really exciting. Um, the scary thing always for me right from the beginning is that I am now responsible for six mortgages. That's how it feels like, you know, when mm. you, as an owner of a small business, you're very close to your staff. You kind of, you know, I know, I know their partners, their kids that, you know, I, I know them as friends as well as colleagues. And there's a massive sense of responsibility that comes with employing people. And that's the scary bit for me. That's kind of, yeah, we, we're doing really well. The business is really successful. And that's what it's my job in my head. It's my job to keep that going so that everyone can continue to pay the mortgage. <laughs> and, that, and, and, that's, and that's such a typical Nina thing to say as well, because there are many, not necessarily recruitment, but many business owners out there who don't really give a damn about their people. They're just a number on a PL and and that type of stuff. And I think you know, maybe as a smaller business, you really do feel the importance of a person behind the person as much as the sort of the figures behind the person. Yeah, absolutely. For me, um, I think so. So one of the, the questions that you sent me kind of in, in to think about before this conversation, what underpins the success of the business in me, my immediate answer to that is it's all about the people. Mm. That is what underpins the success of this business. Um, I think as, as I've kind of um, matured, shall we say, got older, 
I've realised this, there's certain things that I bring to the party and I'm happy to acknowledge those now, which I probably wasn't 20 years ago, just in terms of, of who I am and how I work. Um, but for me, the people are the team. So they matter. They absolutely matter what, how they are, what they're going through, um, what they need from me, what they need from the business. All of that is number one priority to me. Absolutely it is. It's what runs through me. When I say it's all about the people, it's the team, it's the candidates. It's the, so it's the people that we couldn't do our job without, because if we haven't got decent candidates in our network, then we can't fulfill the client requirements. It's the clients because we work with people we like. And, and that has, we, we have, um, we've made a point of that over the years and you know, that, that's it's another important thing for my team is that they know with absolute confidence that if they are um if they're kind of drifting into the being treated like a supplier box then they know that that that's not a client that we want to progress to do business with in the future because that's not how we work um and then there's the extended team there's the people who are not actually on the payroll but who work alongside us to make this business successful um, so yourself, TRN, you know, the team that you've got there have been enormously, enormously important to me over the last couple of years. Um, we've got um, we, we work with a marketing company now with Helen and Toby at Workshop Marketing. They've been incredible. Um, Claire Briscoll, who helped us to set our values out again two years ago, just trying to remind us who we are and what we do and why we do it. Um, we've got Laurent Bouvier that we're working with now on the 90 Day Accelerator coaching program. So we've got this kind of virtual team that sits around the core team as well. Um, so it's all about the people. It's absolutely about the people. Uh, which I think is brilliant. And, you know, that's what recruitment has is, is, is always been about, really. Um, whether we all do that is, is a question mark. But the, I suppose one question I was going to ask you, because I mean, and you don't really know any different in the sense of intuitive, but you've always been a fully remote business. Is it harder, do you think, to build proper relationships and whether it be with partners whether it be your own staff etc when you are a remote business when you when everyone's working from these disparate places do you know what i think logically the answer is yes it is more difficult i think that that covid probably the whole pandemic situation that we all found ourselves in because we were all in it that's slightly different to have to to be in a remote business and not everybody's in the same situation. Mm -hmm. So I think having gone through what we've all gone through over the last couple of years, people understand now what it is to work remotely. Um, I remember the, the kind of the March 2020 stage where we started doing the Teams calls as a, as a matter of course, because none of the face-to-face -face meetings could happen with clients, for example. And, you know, be it being in a conversation with a client, then all of a sudden a child's head would pop their, you know, would kind of come around the camera kind of looking at me. And it's like, oh, hello. And we'd be talking about oh, they were doing a history project and it was about the Romans and it was like this, that and the other. Um, there was a, a thing about being in somebody's house. Yep. You, it was before everybody went out and bought a garden office or a shed quarters um, like you've got. It was, it, we were in each other's houses and there was something about that as well that I think broke down a lot of barriers. So I think it's very different now to what it was pre-pandemic in terms of the remote working from a relationship perspective. And, and I would honestly say that the relationships 
that I built um, and built upon during that that kind of through the lockdown in 2020 are stronger and deeper than the ones that I had before. Mm. Um, but I think that's all because we were in this incredibly unusual situation. Yeah. There is definitely a push now from clients in particular to say, well, when are we getting together? When are you in London next? When are we having lunch? When are, you know, when am I going to see you? Um, and I'm, I'm kind of resisting that a little bit because I know that I've been able to be much more efficient, much mm. more productive when I'm not out on the road four and a half days a week. Yep. Um, it's preferable for me. It feels better for me personally. I think from the team perspective, um, we, we, we enjoy working in the way we work. And, and that was one of the attractions, for, certainly for Gaynor and Caroline and Kelly, actually. So the initial core team, the fact that we did work remotely and they could balance their home life and their personal life with work was a, was a massive attraction to them to come and work with me. Um, with Lisa and Faye, it's been, a bit, it's been a bit more interesting, I guess, because they are... Um, they're at a different stage in their career so um, I did I was concerned I was really worried about how they would fare being on their own in their own homes working yeah. day in day out and um, I think Faye would certainly admit that she found it quite challenging at the beginning but I've always been very insistent that they look at different ways of breaking their day up of going just because you work from home Actually, you don't have to work from home. If you want to go and sit in a coffee shop, then go and do that. You know, Faye will go around to her mum's and work sometimes. So she's got some company and some cups of tea arriving at regular intervals. Um, you know, they've all got their own routine in terms of what they do. Lisa will go swimming at lunchtime. Faye will take the dog out. You know, we all, we've all got dogs. We all take them out on the walk. So there's different ways of structuring your day as well, which is important. Um we used to call it back in back in the old days when I started work, we would call learning from other people. We used to call it sitting with Nelly. So you'd, you'd be just by virtue of the fact you were sat on a bank of desks with someone, you would hear what they were saying on the phone or you yeah. would see what they were doing. So we don't have the benefit of that. So it means we have to we have to find other ways of doing it. Um, we are in regular contact, so we've got kind of this this a what very very active WhatsApp group, very noisy. You won't be surprised to hear. Um, we've we have every Monday morning we have um, a Teams catch up. Every Wednesday afternoon we do the same. It's quite a bit shorter on a Wednesday. Once a month we get together uh, in real life, so we all meet in Manchester for the day, so we can actually kind of touch base and just be with each other as a team, um, and we're in regular contact. It's different, James. It's not the same as, as we would have done it 10, 20, 30 years ago, but it's working for us. Yeah, which is and it's definitely working for you, which is great. And I think maybe that is demonstrative of the types of people you're bringing on and the process, and et cetera. So and I think, you know, this, it's, it's, there's a very interesting debate going on about the moment, whether it's right, this model or not, it, was it forced upon us and that type of stuff. And the reality is it's right for some people, it's wrong for other people. Absolutely. That's, that, that, that's just yeah. it. So yeah, obviously, um, hindsight's a beautiful thing if you were to set up tomorrow let, let's say uh, next monday um beginning of september you're going to set up intuitive again from scratch start from the beginning what would you do differently that maybe you didn't do when you set up originally i would with the benefit of hindsight i would act like a big business from day one mm. so 
I think what I did initially way back in January 2013, when it was just me and in my head, it was only ever going to be just me. Everything was in my head. It was um, I had a folder with CVs in it of people that I'd spoken to that I knew were placeable candidates and I would get the folder out and I'd look through and I'd, um, I'd have conversations in my head that, um, oh, I've spoken to that person. Yeah, I need to speak to them again in a couple of months' time, so I'll remember to do that. And, of course, you can't bloody remember. The more stuff you put in there, the harder it is to retrieve it from the hard drive. So if I was to go back to day one again, I would put systems and processes in from the beginning that a larger company would have, and we would we would grow into those. Um, so... I would I would definitely be more structured in how I work rather mm -hmm. than on the back of a fag packet. Yeah, and I think that helps other people coming into the business as well, have that structure from their day one as well, isn't it? So. Yeah, I think when it's just you or when, whether, when it's a tiny team, you know your own values, for example. You know you know how you want to work because it's your business. You're, you're kind of doing it your way. But as you grow... It's it's important, especially coming back to your earlier point, we are working remotely. So people are not hearing me speaking all the time. They're not hearing me on, on calls on the phone and talking about the business. Um, how do I know that that they understand how we do things? Just because I know that this is the way we prep somebody before an interview. This is what you do. I can't make an assumption that just because that's how I do it, even I can't make an assumption that interview prep is a norm mm -hmm. because it isn't. Yeah. So I've discovered it doesn't happen everywhere, but it, it always does in intuitive. If you've got an interview with a client of ours, why wouldn't we spend half an hour with you beforehand talking to you about what we know and helping you with your preparation? Um, some of that stuff, what I've, what I've come to appreciate over the last couple of years is I've got to write it down. There's got to be a process there has to be a, well, we, we've talked about it before, it's the playbook. It's the, this is the way we do things or the intuitive way is what we've called it. Because yeah. although I would say the majority of it is common sense, it's a mistake to assume that everybody understands how, how, it, how it should happen. Definitely. And I think as you grow as well, that becomes harder and harder, doesn't it? So yeah. the, um, you, 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 whenever I talk to you, Nina, you're always very, um, I wouldn't say dismissive is the wrong word, but you always play down what intuitive has done, I think, as a business. And I think, you know, you call yourself a teeny tiny business, but if you're a teeny tiny business, you're bloody well punching above your weight. That's so, <laughs> which is great because I know your figures and I know the impact that you make to your clients and the, the, the types of roles that you're placing on a regular basis. And, you know, it, it, it's amazing what you do. It really, really is as a teeny tiny business. If you if you were to sort of look back over your journey, what what have been the sort of the proudest moments? What what, what makes you sit back and go, actually, do you know what? When all said and done, and we've had a few clients call problems and candidates pull out, and all this pain that we get, and all the troubles that we have, and challenges in doing our job. You know, when, when you look back, what what are really the proudest moments that you've you've had in the business? What makes you really proud about intuitive? Um, very recently, uh, I think it was May we had uh, Laurent Bouvier, who is um, a, a partner of ours with the, the 90 Day Accelerator coaching programme. Laurent came to our team meeting in May and um, he came to, to meet us face to face for the first time because everything had been remote for a year. Um, so he came to meet us, he came to talk to us about um, 
the, the work we're doing already and, you know, plans for the future. And he'd said to me, can I just, you know, can I do an hour session with your team? You know, just kind of what do you want to do? Well, can you know, are you happy to leave me to it? It's absolutely crack on, do, do whatever you like. It'll be good. So he asked, Laurent started this session by asking my team what they enjoy about the job. And I'm going to get emotional when I'm telling you now. Sorry, I can't help it. it I was incredibly emotional. When, when the answers start coming back from the team, that was the proudest moment for me in the business of nearly 10 years. Um, and yes, you know, we've, we've, we've broken targets that we've set and we've, we're working with, with huge organisations and we've worked on very senior roles and we've done loads of stuff that I'm massively proud of. But when your team says that they love working at your business because you allow them to be themselves, to, to be who they are, um, kind of without excuses. It's kind of, yes, just, just be yourself, be who you are, bring your whole self to work. The autonomy that they have to do their job, um, the trust that I have in them um, and how they feel about being trusted to get on with it and not micromanaged and just kind of given some parameters but no crack on I trust you go and do it um the values I think is it was a massive thing for them as well because the the main thing for me is that we do the right thing whatever mm -hmm. that thing is that is what we do so if you are working in my team and you can put your hand on your heart and you can say I did the right thing there Nina that is all I need to know that's that's what I need to know um and one of the things that Lisa said actually which um I almost hadn't realized that I, that I do, but I know I, I know I do now, is that Lisa said she really loves the fact that whenever I talk about my team, I will talk about Lisa who works with me, not for me. Mm -hmm. And that was massive. Really, I get really choked up. Sorry. No, you should. I mean, <laughs> no, no but, but, but you know, I mean, this is so important because... Often as business owners, we are so fixated on the PL and the and the financials and that type of stuff. And you know, and hopefully the people bit might slot in as well. Um, what you've clearly done is basically said, well, actually, let's just get the people bit right. And I reckon the PL bit will slot in quite nicely afterwards. Yeah. And I think there's absolutely everything about being emotive about when you get feedback like that, because it demonstrates that all those beliefs that you put into your business, people, it actually works. Yeah. No, people buy into it for the right reasons, not for any other reason. I think it's I think it's fantastic. I think it says a lot about you as a business owner. You know, I've I've got I've got a huge a lot of time for you personally, but it says a huge amount of you as a business owner about how you positioned people within your company, more so than probably many other recruitment businesses or many other organizations that I know of, I think. I think it's great. Let, 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 let's get let, let's get you away from the emotional side because we're, we're, we're going to lose you. I know I like when you lose you. Um, I, I, I'm going to fire a couple of quick questions at you to okay. sort, of sort of close off a little bit. So, if you were to um, if you were to give a bit of advice to your younger self who's embarking on this journey, or anyone who's going out to set up a recruitment business, what would that be? Um, uh, one which I guess is is a kind of emotive one, which is believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. So you are enough. Whoever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you come to the party with, it is enough. You just you just do what you do with what you've got. So I think believe in yourself because you are already enough. Um, and the other the other more practical piece of advice would be never underestimate the power of networking, mm. building relationships, 
that for me is the core to having a successful business. It mm. absolutely is. So, so yeah, there'd be there'd be two two parts to that, and and networking. You know what? It's not walking into a room with a box of business cards and handing them out to people who you know who happen to make eye contact with you. When I say networking, it's it's relationship building. It's kind of finding out who is in your sector that um, that you need to know. Who are the interesting people? Who are the movers and shakers, if you want to use that um, uh, old expression? Um, who are the important people that you need to that you need to know and who need to know you yeah. and and set about making sure that they do know who you are? Very good. And what whilst I do classify you as one of the most inspiring businesses I know from and probably probably for very different reasons than you would traditionally think. And that's not in a negative way. I think you have a very unique style about you, which I think is, is wonderful. The, um, are, there, are there businesses or business leaders that have inspired you or inspire you either from business or even outside of business for that matter? I think that where I get my um, where I get my my biggest inspiration from is hearing other people's stories. And, um, you know, if I had to choose one person that and that inspires me, then it would be Michelle Obama. Mm. I think that she is a she has got an ability to be a strong woman with her 